What's happening, everybody? Blake Neiman back at you with another episode of Blake's Take. And, of course, we are going to start in the association where Kevin Durant, yes, Kevin Durant, finally made his return after missing 23 games over the course of nearly two months due to a hamstring injury. KD would not get the start, but that was no problem for Kyrie as he surprised everyone with an amazing baseline dunk. Yes, dunk by Mr. Kyrie Irving. Really shown athleticism right there. Blake Griffin, who has been balling out lately, kept balling as he stuffed one of the game's most powerful forces in Zion Williamson right at the rim and then showed off at the other end of the floor with a deep three to break the dead even 33-33 to tie to give the Nets the lead after one at the end of the quarter with a buzzer beater three from way deep. And then Griffin kept that going into the second quarter as he slammed it down in the lane as he now has five dunks in seven games with the Nets, whereas he had five dunks in his past 49 games with the Pistons. It's exciting to see some signs of vintage Blake out there in Brooklyn. But then the time had finally come and Kevin Durant finally checked in midway through the second quarter for the first time in 23 games and the first time in front of a Brooklyn crowd. KD got it going offensively as he scored 9 points in those final 8 minutes of the half, showing some nice typical KD moves, while Kyrie hit a nice few shots to extend the Nets' lead to 20 points at the break, capping off a season-high 79 points in the first half. 79 and a half. That's just ridiculous. Katie came out hot in the third quarter, hitting a pair of shots from behind the arc to cap off his 19-point performance, 5 for 5 from the field, perfect as he had never had no need to play in the fourth as the Nets rolled to a dominant 139 to 111 victory, winning their ninth straight at home. Just an incredible win for the Brooklyn Nets. Huge margin of victory as Kevin Durant turns, returns to the team. And the Nets look pretty good when they have all the starters on the, on the floor. They are 22-4 and four when they have at least two of the big three. So it's nice to know that KD will be back, especially with Harden now out for the next 10 days. So welcome back, KD. Perfect performance as you came back and huge win for the Nets and they're going to be they have a tough schedule but with this return of KD they should be rolling so congratulations to the Nets on a huge victory in the return of Kevin Durant. Now we head to another team from the New York as we have a great Eastern Conference matchup in the evenly matched New York Knicks taking on the Boston Celtics. The Celtics starting this game awfully going 2 for 10 from the field, but their defense held up keeping them in the game, allowing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to get to work once again, getting back in rhythm. But R.J. Barrett stepped up for the Knicks big time as he scored 16 points while going 3-for-3 three three from behind the arc in the first half to keep the Knicks in it. Just before half, though, Jason Tatum drove and rose up, claiming a poster as he kept the Celtics up by one going into halftime. The Knicks owned the third quarter as they opened it with a 1-11-3 run and finished it with a pair of Julius Randle buckets to take the three-point lead going into the fourth. However, in the fourth, Jalen Brown and Mark Smart worked together to bring the Celtics back in it, pushing on a run that would give them a two-point lead down the stretch. Hey, but don't forget about that kid RJ now, as we mentioned earlier, as he was also present when he hit a clutch three to tie things up with just under a minute to go. 
but then Marcus Smart hit the dagger three, being left wide open by Knicks defenders, and RJ Barrett would get a chance at the buzzer beater, and he hit the three to close the game out, and the Knicks fall for the second time by two in their second straight game. So just great intense back and forth battle between these two evenly matched teams that I am looking forward to watching try and stay in this tight Eastern Conference race. Out West is where we had the top two teams in the NBA and the Suns and Jazz squaring off in the desert. The electric Jazz offense was not so hot as they only made just one basket in the first five minutes of the game, allowing the Suns to build up a 13-2 lead. But the Jazz would battle back to win the first quarter 21-20 with a quick recovery after what seemed to be just an off-shooting stint. But the Saint grew into a half of embarrassment as the Jazz had their worst shooting half of the season, going just 3-for-22 from beyond the arc, which is a whopping 13.6% from three-point range. Yikes. Devin Booker took advantage, of course, and led the Suns down the stretch, getting buckets, scoring 16 to push the Suns to an 11-point lead at the break. While, while still holding the Jazz to a season-low 40 points for the second time this season. The Jazz regrouped after halftime and got it rolling in the third as Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz started to feel, find the openings in the, in the defense and got their shots to fall, especially with the Mike Conley buzzer beater at the end of the quarter to put them up one going into fourth. Ooh, they were hype. But after a back and forth quarter, fourth quarter, we are down to the wire with 90 seconds left. Chris Paul hits a fadeaway baseline jumper, putting the Suns up three with lots of little time to go. Jazz wouldn't get a response until less than 20 seconds in the game where Donovan Mitchell drove down and hit a three over Suns defenders to tie things up with a big time shot. With the Mamba mentality, Devin Booker one-on-one with Donovan Mitchell getting a good look, but it wouldn't fall as we head to OT. But not even five seconds into OT, Booker already got a bucket to put the Suns up too and would go on to score seven in overtime and get an assist to Chris Paul who hit the dagger to put this one to rest. Suns extend their win streak to seven games and, cl- and claim the series win with the Jazz becoming the only team to beat them twice this season. And hey, the, the incredible Phoenix Suns, they're an elite team out West. Very underrated. I mean, they're not always on national television, but this team is elite. With Devin Booker and Chris Paul up top and DeAndre Ayton down low, they are a force to be reckoned with in the, in the West. And now, the Utah Jazz are on the potential as they face the Blazers tomorrow. They are a potential of losing their first th- three in a row this season, as every other team in the NBA hasn't, but they're on the brink of that. So things off shooting nights aren't too typical for the Utah Jazz, especially twice in a row. So we'll see if they can pick it up back up. But as far as now, the Phoenix Suns have claimed the series title. So if that could come into play later in the season, how do they tie for a share of the first seed in the West? As far as MLB, we go out to the diamond as we say hello to the Reds offense, who went berserk as they put up 11 runs on the Pirates. Tyler Naquin had a leadoff home run on the first pitch he saw to kick the game off and and the rest of the lineup followed him up, contributing to a five-run first inning rally with a huge start for the Reds in this game. 
The Reds would then slow down until the fifth, where Nick Castellanius launched an oppo taco to tack onto the Reds' outstanding lead. Jonathan India followed with an RBI double to end an inning as he watched a throw uh, got thrown out as, at a close play at second. Then into the eighth, where Tyler Stevenson and Ostidius Aquino went back to back, each hitting moonshot home runs, capping off the 11 run, 5 home run performance by the Reds, whose 56 runs are the most in Reds franchise history through the first six games of the season. The Reds' offense is going to be a scary this year, that's for sure. Just an incredible offensive performance there, and we'll see if they can keep it up. On to a battle between North Cali and South Cali as the Dodgers head to Oakland to take on the A's. A.J. Pollock would guide going for the Dodgers early in the top of the first as he got a base hit RBI single to drive in to take in the early lead. It stayed a close game from there up until the fourth inning where Austin Barnes set one to deep left, but it was robbed by Seth Brown who made the robbery catch to keep it a one-run game. Huge catch right there. Game-changing play. Justin Turner then got up in the seventh as he drove one to deep left, but this time it did get over the head of Brown, driving in an RBI double as he pushed the Dodgers up to a 3-1 lead. The A's offense finally got really going with their power hitter and Matt Chapman sending one 426 feet dead center to cut the deficit to just one in the bottom of the seventh. Dodgers really had a chance to extend their lead big with bases juice top of nine, but Bucherino got blown, blew one past Edwin Rios to stay in it heading into the bottom of the ninth. Huge strikeout there. And in the ninth, we had Elvis Andrews who hit one to center for a sack fly that sent Matt Chapman to the plate where he would be safe tying this one up three apiece. But Jansen would get a ground ball that would get the Dodgers out of it, and the A's managed to send this one to extra innings after falling to an early deficit. Here we go. Bottom of 10. Bases juiced. Mitch Moreland up to bat, getting the hanging curveball, and bangs it to left center gap to walk it off. A's break their six-game losing streak and the Dodgers' five-game winning streak as they get their first win of the season in spectacular fashion. Huge win there for the A's. Now, last but certainly not least, we have the best game of the night as we have the Yanks. We're looking to sweep the Orioles to take the series sweep. Jamison Tylon finally made his return to the big leagues after not pitching in 709 days. But it was not such a welcoming return as Cedric Mullins crushed one to left center to get the Orioles on the board. But it couldn't get worse from there, right? Oh yeah, I can, as Anthony Santander took Tylon Yard for the second time that inning as the Orioles took the 2-1 lead. With the Bronx Bombers without Aaron Judge, they needed an offensive spark late, and that is just what they got in the 8th as Gio Archella got a knock deep into left center gap as pinch runner Mike Topman hustled his way around the bases all the way from first, sliding at the plate where he was safe as the Yankees tied this one up to a piece. 
This one got sent into extra innings, though, and the Yanks got a nice clean grounder to short, but Glaber, Glaber Torres, who had the second most fielding errors in the AL last season, made a bad throw the first once again, and this one, Jay Bruce could just not scoop up as the Orioles took the one-run lead. Yet the Yanks stayed alive on the offense as Kyle Higashika got a base hit to right and just barely got Tyler Wade enough time to be safe at the plate. Top of 11, runner on third, Chance Sisko hits a base hit blooper to shallow left field, getting his first RBI of the season in a huge spot. Now here we go, bottom of 11, runner on third. DJ LeMay, who lines one out to the right fielder, where Santander would make the grab and throw a perfect missile to the plate where he would get the game-winning throw and would get the win for the Orioles as they hang on in a wild and intense finish out in New York to prevent the series sweep and snap their 12-game losing streak at Yankee Stadium. Congratulations to the Orioles and all around just a great game by both sides. It was very entertaining to watch. As far as local sports, the Warriors girls soccer team survived a thriller in their playoff game against Gladstone. The Warriors fell into a spot that they hadn't been all season as Gladstone's Brianna Lewis shot a 30-yard goal just 90 seconds into the game, putting the Warriors down a goal before they even got into the rhythm of, the, of things. But in typical Warrior fashion, the team would pick back, not back down, and would pick themselves right back up, regrouping. And Olivia Pittman scored a goal in the 15th minute, 15th minute, and then senior Kaylee Sadoff closed the game out for the win in the in the 77, 75th minute to get the 2-1 victory. The Warriors will now take on former league rivals in the North Marion Huskies in a tough matchup. They will have to take everything in the Warriors' power to try and get this and punch their ticket to the state championship game. I believe in them. They are always competitive, and I'm looking forward to watching them. Uh, and Hopefully they can their defense can show up and not let a, a goal come in early, but I think that was just a little fluke. Uh, not really getting in the rhythm of the game. So congratulations on surviving and getting the win there for the Warriors. And I'm sending my luck and my cheer out there as you guys take on North Marion. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed all the new NBA games and Kevin Durant's return. The incredible offensive power by the Reds. And the great game by the New York Yankees and the Boston Baltimore Orioles. And of course, wishing good luck to the Flomouth Warriors soccer team. Hope you had a great one, and I hope you all enjoyed. You can catch me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. I will see you all, and I will catch you all in the next one.